Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Happy New Year. It is good to see you guys for the, for the first time for me this year. Uh, piled my way out of three feet of snow in Washington State to get back to the land of supposedly warm Texas, and the state is failing me right now. And uh, we've got, here, let, Let's go ahead and do this. If you've got your Bibles, head over to Acts chapter one. That's going to be today. And um, hey, while you're turning there, um, I, I got this deep belief that uh, our job is to always celebrate anything that we want to cultivate um, because I, I really believe this, that when we stop and we stop giving glory to God for what he's done, we start forfeiting what he might do. And so uh, I just wanna do this. I, I wanna celebrate some things looking back on 2023 um, as a year. Now, as I do this, um, heads up, uh, just to save us all a, a little here. Um, if, you can ha- if you can hang tight, We'll all celebrate together at the end, okay? Uh, Other services were disobedient. So here we go. Number one is in-person Christmas attendance ended up at 42,306 people. Uh, We had over 66,000. Okay, in the booth, wait till I point to the next one to bring, the, to bring it up. Uh, we had over 66,000 people join with us, including online, which is unbelievable. Uh, last year, we had 6,663 people serving the house of God on serve teams. Absolutely amazing. We also last year gave over $7 million dollars to global missions, uh, serving the last, the lost, the least, and the lonely all over the globe. We also, you'll see this right here, planted nine new churches in 2023. Uh, that brings us to a total of 66 so far in some of the least reached cities in North America. And then y'all, last one, but most important one. This is why we do everything that we do. In one year last year, we saw 2,257 baptisms. Come on, somebody. There we go. That's why we do what we do. And so, man, just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. I'm gonna talk about that a little today. I also need to do this. Give me this camera right here. And don't do the pan the crowd shot. Stay with me right here. We, uh, we also today are officially welcoming for the very first time our campus having its grand opening today. Help me welcome our brand new East Dallas campus. Come on, man, yeah. Hey, East Dallas, we love you guys. Welcome to the family and uh, welcome to the one big dysfunctional family. It's gonna be awesome. In Jesus' name, here we go. Well, Lake Point family, we are taking a a one-week break from the Regret Proof Your Life series because there's something that's deep in my heart this year. I got two things in my heart this year. I wanna build families and I wanna preach deeper. Build families, preach deeper. So this year, what we're gonna do is throughout the year, interspersed throughout our other series, um, I just, I've felt led of the Spirit. I'm excited to do it, to preach sequentially chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. And it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited. Now, the title of this series is, we're just calling it, There is more. There is more. Now, uh, heads up, I'll just be a little vulnerable. Um, anytime there's something that it feels like, man, the, the Lord uniquely 
put this in my spirit. I have a little like, there's a weight to it. It's almost like a, the anxiety of expectation. Um, I was telling Jana about this. Jana tried to encourage me one time with a text message that said, um, don't try to be witty, funny, or intelligent, just be you. That's what she said. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. Now, uh, the title of this series, I wanna explain this. Here's why I feel led to preach through the book of Acts. Number one, the story of Acts, it's a story about an explosion of the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. Uh, this is what the book of Acts is, uh, is about. Now, here's why I say that. The title of the series is not there was more. The title of the series is there is more. Why, why is that? Because there is nothing in the Bible that would tell us that anything that we see in the book of Acts was relegated to 2,000 years ago and we should not expect it today. In fact, the power in the church that we see in the book of Acts, it, it is the great need of the hour with the church before the watching world right now. The power, the preaching, the prayer, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the boldness to witness, it is needed for today and God intends it for today. A scared world needs a fearless church. A divided world needs a united church. And a confused world needs a clear church with apostolic boldness and clarity. And so number one is this book is like a roadmap for like what is a church supposed to do when there's a unique outpouring of the spirit on the church? And, and Lake Point Family, I'll just be honest, in the last 18 months or so, that, that's how we felt. <laughs> we just felt, man, there's a unique presence and power of the spirit in our midst. And so I wanna go like, okay, when the spirit of God comes, I wanna cling to the word of God for guardrails. So, so let's do that. Now, number two, I feel led to preach this because this book, it's a story about a, an explosively growing church. In, uh, as you'll see in about 30 seconds, in Acts 1, there's 120 Christians in this church. Two chapters later, there, it, it explodes. Church grows to 3,000. By Acts 5, church has grown to 5,000. For the rest of the book, they're planting churches, tw these 12 little churches all over, uh, all over the, the continent. Now, does any of that sound familiar? <laughs> I'll just point this out. Just a few, it wasn't that long ago, just a few years ago, there was 10 or 11,000 of us worshiping. It's like I blinked and in January this year, there's 20,000 of us worshiping in person right now as a church. We right now are seeing God save and draw people to himself in a way that honestly I've never seen before in my life. And we're trying to follow this, follow this Acts example. And we just like them, we're planting churches, 66 of them all over North America. So we're just going, okay, what do we do? And hey, Lake Point family, can I just say something with a, a little heaviness? To whom much is given, much will be required. See, we, our job is to steward what God is giving in this moment to our church according to the heart and the purposes of God. So here's where I wanna start. The title of the sermon today is The Power of United Prayer. The Power of United Prayer. Here's why. The whole book starts with a prayer meeting that results in an outpouring of the power of God. That's what we're gonna see this week in our church. So let me just uh, dive right in. Here we go. Pick up with me in verse four of Acts one. It says, on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with him, he gave him this command. Now, I just wanna point this out. If you're paying attention to your Bibles, this will be confusing. He says, don't, don't leave Jerusalem. Interesting. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you're paying attention, when Jesus says to them, don't leave Jerusalem, then you Bible scholars are going, huh? Here's why. Because Jesus' last word in the gospels was go into all the world. But then his first word in Acts is don't go anywhere. Why is he doing this? Here's why. He's saying, because if you go out before you stay in, you don't have any power to go out with. And if you try to accomplish the ministry of the spirit in the power of the flesh, it will go nowhere and it will do nothing. Hey, Lake Point Church, before we go out, this is why we do our prayer meeting at the beginning of the year, because before we go out, we've got to stay in to receive power because we don't want to try to accomplish the ministry of the spirit, the, the power of the flesh. This power is so significant that the Greek word for power in the book of Acts, it's the word dunamis. That's where we get the English word dynamite. God is promising that for his people who pray and ask, he'll pour out a power that it, like dynamite is massively disproportionate to your own power, giftedness, or size. Uh, so significant is this power. Think about this. In John 16, it's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, Jesus says to his disciples, um, hey, it's actually gonna be better for you if I go, because if I go, I'll be able to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will come to you. Now, um, have you ever actually thought about how significant it is that Jesus would say, it's better for you if I go? Like, can you imagine literally walking with Jesus by your side for three years. Like you think about it, man, like you got any hard theological question, boom, Jesus answers it. Uh, you're at a party, they run out of, you know, buffalo wings and just bam, you know, he just multiplies them and everybody's got all in. You know, your dog dies and Jesus just resurrects it. Your cat dies, Jesus helps you dig a hole to bury the body, you know, that kind of thing. I, I gotta, that's my favorite joke, I gotta get that in there. But let me just ask this question. If Jesus was so powerful, why does he say it's better for you if I go because I can send the Holy Spirit? Well, here's why. Because when Jesus was on earth, he could be with one person at one time empowering one thing, but now his Holy Spirit can fill every Christian everywhere empowering everything. I'm preaching 100% better than you're responding. We need this power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, this is the great need of the hour in the church is for the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I'll give an example of this. So I've never been a part of a church that, I've never seen anything like we've seen in our church in the last year or so uh, ever before, except for one other time in my ministry. Um, when I was 27 years old, um, I was pastoring a 175-person church in Nashville, Tennessee. And y'all, we had, we had nothing, <laughs> including a talented pastor. We didn't have any of it, you know. <laughs> we didn't have any of those things. It was 175 people. We were in this little renovated warehouse space. Uh, we didn't have any money to, to do anything. So like the men of the church literally built the little ghetto rigged warehouse thing that we worshiped in. And uh, we didn't even have a sound system. We 
waited for a company in town to throw away a company sound system and then literally pulled it out of their dumpster. And that was our sound system. We had, had nothing. But God poured out his spirit in an unparalleled way on us for a period of about 18 months. Uh, for 18 months, there was a presence that rested on the church, a mass salvation. We saw some miraculous things happen in our midst. Uh, our church doubled and tripled in size just immediately. And so what happened is um, all these, for the first time I met, I'm 27, and these pastors started reaching out and going like, hey, could I come to Nashville and ask you about your ministry? I'm like, okay, you know? So this one dude comes, I'm gonna call him Ryan. We go to this coffee shop, downtown Franklin, and he gets there and here are the questions he starts asking me. He starts going, hey man, um, so like, tell me about your assimilation process. Like, what are you doing to move people from like street to seat, from fringe to, what, what's your assimilation process? Or he would ask like, hey bro, tell me about your service flow. Like, what, what's your secret? You know, you guys have like three songs up front, one song in the back. Where do you do announcements? Where do you do giving? Like, how, how do you flow everything so that it feels really good? Or like, hey man, how are you planning your annual calendar so that there's a momentum succession? Like, what comes after what? When do you do what in the year? And, and he kept, here was his question. What's your secret? What's your secret? And I'm strategic. I like thinking strategically, so I like those questions. But there was something missing, and it welled up in me. And so what I did, some of y'all are going to think this is morbid. Um, I took him to a cemetery that was about a mile away from the coffee shop. Um, I got this weird thing where, like, about once a year, I just go and walk around cemeteries. I need to be reminded that my days are numbered. Y'all may think it's really good for me. So I just take him to the cemetery. I'm sure he was like, what, what are we doing, bro? You know. So we, I walk him into the cemetery. We, we stand in front of this grave and I just said, I was like, Ryan, um, is there, what assimilation process could we use that would make that dead person live again? I was like, hey man, you were asking me about my secret. Um, hey dude, is there a service flow that could resurrect all these dead bodies? Uh, hey, hey dude, is there an annual calendar domino sequencing that could bring all of these people back to life. And here was my point. My point was, if we try to accomplish supernatural ministry by natural power, it will go nowhere and it will do nothing. What's the secret? It's the power of the Holy Spirit on a church. It is the only thing that is, uh, that is sufficient for what we are facing in the world. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual forces in high places. Nothing besides this power is adequate to what we are facing. If I look out in the world today, the church in the United States, we've got more systems, more conferences, more resources, more seminaries, more books, more commentaries, but less power. And this is what we need. Uh, I'll, I'll just, uh, this is from a, a book that I read a couple years ago. The guy's name is Samuel Chadwick. He said this, the church that multiplies committees and neglects prayer may be fussy, noisy, enterprising, but it labors in vain and spends its strength for naught. It is possible to excel in mechanics, but fail in dynamics. There is an abundance of machinery, but what is lacking is power. Is this making sense? This is the thing that we need right now. This is it. Now, I just wanna point this out, okay? These guys thought that Jesus was talking about like military power. Remember, here's what they ask him. They say, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
They asked that because the Jewish people were under Roman occupation. They thought Jesus was gonna like roll up with a military force, conquer Rome, put himself in that physical king seat and then restore, quote, the power to Israel. Now, what Jesus says is, hey, someday I am gonna do that. But what he says to them is, hey, yes, we are waging war. Yes, you will need power, but it's not that kind of war. And I'm not talking about that kind of power. Now, um, right now, uh, let me just lean in and I, I wanna make a specific application and move on. God, let me talk to the guys in the room, like my, my fellow dudes, okay? You just need to know when it comes to prayer and worship, which is a form of prayer, the ladies are kicking our butts. I just need to say it. Like they're, they're like, we're getting dusted, okay? Getting dusted. So let me just talk to our dudes real quick. We're all my dudes, all of our campuses, where you at? Just go ahead and do it real quick. Make, make me feel, come on, come on, come on. Let me see you. See, you do know how to raise your hands in church. I just saw it right there. You do, you did great, okay? Now, <laughs> hang tight, okay? The reason a lot of, dudes struggle with prayer and with worship is they misunderstand what's happening. We are waging war. That's what's happening. But dudes will misunderstand it because you'll just see like people, it just looks like feminine and emoting. You know, it's like lots of tears and, eh, you know, like it just feels weird. And you're like, eh, it's like, no. can I just point something out to you? Okay, Jesus says what we're doing when we pray is waging war and gaining power. So like, check this out. Prayer and worship is not this. Ah, oh, you know, it's this. It's like, bro, let's go. We are waging war in spiritual places. Uh, prayer and worship is, is not, it's not this, <laughs> okay? No, no, it, it's, it's this. It's like, that dude looks awesome, by the way. That's, I want that guy to be my next door neighbor is what I want, okay? This Wednesday, when thousands of people gather at a prayer meeting, on earth we'll see this. In heaven, it looks like that right there. Like, bro, let's go, let's go. So I just need to say it. Let me just say something in a straightforward way. Our culture right now wants to break down men, and that's the language. Can I just say this? Strong men are not the problem. Strong, godly men are the solution. Masculinity, godly masculinity is not toxic. It is the war on godly masculinity that is toxic. So men, God did not design you when it comes to prayer and worship to be the quote strong silent type. He wants you to be the stronger worshiping type. The Bible says I command men everywhere to quote, lift holy hands in prayer. There is nothing more dangerous to hell than a church full of men who know how to pray and know how to worship. Nothing more dangerous to hell. So let's lean in now. Here's the question. How do you receive that power? How do you receive that power? Well, in the Bible, God gives hundreds of promises, but every promise has a premise. If you do this, then I'll do that. If you do this, then I'll do that. The premise of the promise for the outpouring of the spirit is you've got to pray and ask. Now, ch check this out. Let me read it. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. I don't have time to talk about this. It was, that's three quarters of a mile. Uh, it was the distance in the Old Testament when they were traveling through the wilderness from the edge of the camp to the middle of the camp where the tabernacle dwelt. They had to be able to walk that far on a Sabbath so they could worship. So that's a Sabbath stage journey is what, what, three quarters of a mile. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room 
and where they were staying, Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, that's important, and Judas, the son of James, all these with, quote, one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, I just need to, did you notice it said with one accord? This was a united church. They felt it. Uh, this reminds me of a, a story. There's a, a comedian tells this story. He says, the, uh, it goes like this. I'll, this has a point. Once I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump, I said, don't do it. He said, nobody loves me. I said, God loves you. Do you believe in God? He said, yes. I said, are you a Christian or a Jew? He said, a Christian. I said, me too, Protestant or Catholic. He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What denomination? He said, Baptist. I said, me too, Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist. I said, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern region? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes region. I said, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes region council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes region council of 1912? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. I said, die heretic, and I pushed him over. <laughs> now, we laugh, but the Spirit of God will never fill a divided church. It was not until they prayed with, quote, one accord that the power of the Spirit fell. The word in the Greek is homothumadon. Two words, homo meaning same, thumidon meaning thermometer. It meant they had the same spiritual temperature. The same passion united them. Acts 4, 32 uses the same word. It said all the believers were in one heart and mind, one heart. They had different backgrounds, different income levels, different skin colors, different political opinions, one heart. Did they have different views? Unquestionably, they had different views. I read it to you earlier. Uh, it says among their group was a guy named Simon the Zealot. That was a political donate, uh, uh, notation, meaning that he was a part of a, uh, a violently anti-big government. It was like the don't tread on me bros of ancient Rome. Like some of them were actually assassins. Uh, I, I'm sure when Jesus first invited him into the disciples, the other guy slept with an eye open for a few months. Okay. Then you also had Matthew, the tax collector, who worked collecting taxes for the big government. So did they have different viewpoints? Unquestionably. But they all had the same temperature, the same passion. Can I say this? That is the key to any church experiencing a move of God. What has sustained a move of God at Lake Point for 45 years? One word, unity. Notice I did not, listen, I said unity. I did not say unanimity. That doesn't mean everybody thinks the same. I didn't say uniformity. Doesn't mean everybody looks the same. The gospel calls us to oneness, not sameness. I'll give an example of this because I just, I wanna make it visual to you. So this is my family right here. Let me show you that, that, that this is my family. Uh, now just soak in, if you're new to the church, this is my family, soak this in. You may notice we don't all look the same in my family. We have three precious adopted children. Now, if you look at my family, so take this in, uh, our family doesn't all look the same. Eliana is a little lighter than Felicity. 
Hudson is a little lighter than Eliana. I am a little lighter than Hudson. Poor Jana's a redhead. She doesn't show up in pictures if it's sunny outside. I just say that. By the way, I gotta be careful with redhead jokes. <laughs> uh, do y'all know the difference between a redhead and a terrorist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. There's, there's a now. Just say that. Now, so look at my family. <laughs> gotta get that in there. Um, are we all the same? No. Are we all one? Yes. That is just like Lake Point Church. We have been adopted by one heavenly father. Lake Point, listen, at this church, We got black folks who know how to have church. My favorite people to preach to. Come on, man. We got Hispanic folks who, listen, y'all, they know how to pray and they know how to cook in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. We got blue-collar folks. We got white-collar folks. We got young adults. We got senior saints. Let me just say this, senior saints, we need you. We need you, senior saints. We need you to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers for the young families, the young people we're reaching. We need you to show us the way. You may be going, what what do you mean? I'm not perfect. You don't gotta be perfect. You just gotta be better than us in Jesus' name. That's all you gotta be. And we'll take your Luby's discount too. Thank you very much. We'll take all of them, man. This is what we got in this church. Now, we we will even in this church, we got Texas fans. We got A&M fans in this church. Calm, Calm down, calm down, calm down. We will even let in Houston Astros fans into this church. Now listen, are we all the same? No. Have we all been made one in Christ Jesus? Yes. Yes, we have. Listen, I said earlier that a scared world needs a fearless church. A confused world needs a clear church, but a divided world has to see a united church. And the Bible says that when a church is united with the same spiritual passion in prayer, that is when the Holy Spirit decides to fall on a church because the Holy Spirit loves unity and unholy spirits love disunity. If we want to experience supernatural power, we have to demonstrate supernatural unity. And can I just say this? It only happens in prayer. You will see it this Wednesday. People from every imaginable background every imaginable viewpoint, we will gather in this room, we will assault the throne of heaven and everything that is different about us will recede. And one spiritual temperature for the glory of God, the salvation of the nations, the restoration of marriages, the healing of bodies, all of those things that Christ will be, that will come to the forefront. Let me just say something like, again, every now and then I gotta say something that's like not politically correct, but it is biblically correct. This is one of those moments. You will hear this phrase out in our culture very often. Diversity is our strength. That is not true. Unity among diversity, that's a strength. That's a strength. When we are all so united around Jesus that everything, hell will be diverse. That doesn't make it better. But when we have unity around Jesus and that unity among diversity, the Holy Spirit decides to fall from heaven and baptize that. Lake Point, I just need to say this. As we head into 2024, I want to remind you, your calling as disciples of Jesus is to, quote, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, When you are in life groups, when you're with other church members, your job is to make sure that love covers our different preferences and to make sure that it does not become critical. If somebody in your life group says something negative about another church member or the church or a leader, here's what you can do. You don't even have to rebuke them. 
You, here's what you do. You just say something positive right after the negative thing that they said. Well, that person has really been a blessing to me. It is the ultimate mood killer of the moment when you do that. Just that God, God has really used that person. I just love their noble spirit. You just say that and it's gonna happen. If we do that when they were of one heart, this is when the power fell. Can I just point this out to you? Um, in 2021, it was the first time we ever gathered for a churchwide prayer or worship night. Um, that was when we were trying to regather from COVID and y'all, we had tried everything <laughs> to try and get everybody back from COVID. It was like, we got about 10,000 of our church back and then we could not get the rest of y'all back. It was like, no matter what we tried. So what we did is, is we became convinced that we needed to wage war in the spiritual before we fought it in the physical. We called the entire church together for prayer and we cried out to the God of heaven that day. Y'all, I, I kid you not, literally the next weekend after we prayed, after the prayer and worship night, attendance jumped 3,000 people. It kept jumping like 1,000 a week for the weeks after that and it never went back. Why? Because we had called, it was a spiritual problem, spiritual solution, I'll give you. Last year, we did the uh, second prayer and worship night. 10,000 people gathered for a prayer meeting. It was insane. Um, for those, do you guys who were there, do you remember, there was a moment where we were just prompted by the spirit. It was a little spontaneous. We called every student in the room up on stage. Do y'all remember this? And we just, something broke in our spirit. We just started praying for a move of God to happen in the, the hearts of the young people in our church of the next generation. And if you were here, something happened in that moment. I mean, it was like something broke in the spirits of our people. And when that happened, something broke in the floor of heaven and, and something shifted, it changed. Now I just, listen, prayers, it works. So think about this. Before this year, the most people Lake Point, the most students Lake Point had ever baptized was about 250. We had the prayer and worship night for a move of God among our students in January. Last year, we baptized more than 600 students who gave their lives to Christ. More than double any previous year. It was just insane. So this is what we see. If his people will pray, then he will pour out this power now. Let me end it right here. What is going to keep some of you from leaning into prayer, especially at our prayer meeting this week, is what the Bible calls condemnation. Here's what it sounds like. Here's where some of you are right now. You're like, oh man, <laughs> a prayer. But Josh, it, what you're thinking is, I've been just doing so bad spiritually. I'm out of all my, I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been a good dad. I'm a good mom. In fact, I've had this moral failure. I'm struggling with this thing that I'm looking at. And I got all this stuff in my life. And what you're thinking is, man, who are you? You think God's saying that. Who are you? think with what you're doing, just walk into a prayer meeting. You think that I'm gonna hear it. Somebody like you, you crazy. That's what the Bible calls condemnation. Condemnation is a builder's term, meaning unfit for use. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe that what you did is who you are. The enemy wants you to believe, watch this, that your proximity is determined by your performance. That if you have level five spiritual performance, then you have level five proximity to the Father. If you have level seven spiritual performance, you have level seven proximity uh, access to the Father. 
But check this out. Y'all, I love this so much. God showed me this in message prep this week. When they list the people at the prayer meeting, I got on the LED because I want to point it out to you. They list the people at the prayer meeting in Acts 1. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room. You're going to say this bolded word for me. Where they were staying, what is it? Peter. Peter and John and James, and then it lists them. Here's why this is important. In Greek, whoever's first in the sentence is first in priority. They're the first in leadership. Now, for you Bible scholars, what was Peter doing just 53 days before this prayer meeting? Denying Jesus. He denied Christ, cursed Jesus, cursing him wishing that he were dead with his words and he committed apostasy. And 53 days later, the gracious outstretched hand of the living God goes, you come on back, Peter. You're the one that's gonna lead this prayer meeting and your prayers are gonna result in the throne of heaven spilling out. Why? Check this out. I need y'all to get this. Check this out. Performance, Performance does determine your proximity to the Father, just not yours. It was the perfect performance of Jesus Christ, the righteous son of God who lived a perfect life and died a perfect death for you. And now your proximity to the father is determined by his performance, not yours. God loves you. Listen, God does not love you to the degree that you are like Christ. He loves you to the degree that you are in Christ. And that's always a 10. So now what God says is, you're my son, you're my daughter. Come and run up to the throne. Boldly approach the throne of grace where you will find mercy and grace in time of need because you're my, my son or daughter. Now let, let me finish sermon like this because I, I need you to get like, I need y'all to get this deep in your soul so that we pray like children of the father this Wednesday, all right? So like um, one of my kids, Felicity, my youngest daughter, I got her permission to tell this story, all right? Uh, Felicity, when she was a, a kid, when she was uh, born, she got to about age two and they do that, it's like, the, it's like a two-year-old NFL combine where like do all your measurements and stuff. And, and they, uh, they, measured, <laughs> they measured her head <laughs> and then they, me- they measured her body and her head was in the 100th percentile size range of cranium circumference. Her body was in the third percentile size. So we were like, did we adopt a candy apple? Is that what just happened? You know, we're like, what happened here? So when Felicity was learning, (laughs) Felicity's learning to walk, y'all. Like for real, this is for real, for real thing. Felicity's learning to walk. And when she's crawling, (laughs) she's crawling, but she's got this big old lollipop head. It just like (laughs) everywhere she's crawling, it's like, you know. Now y'all know, so she's doing all this thing. And then, you know how like when kids get about, you know, one, two, they start doing this thing where they're like, they become little mountain climbers and like everything or little ankle biters become little furniture grabbers, you know? And they start grabbing all this stuff and they just like are pulling us up. Well, Felicity, like what she's got to do is she's got to lug this big old head and it's bobbing around, you know? So she starts pulling up and then she pull up and she fall down, you know? And then she like lug that big old head up and she fall down, you know, it's become too much. And, and then finally there came a day where she like pulled that big old lemon head up and then she it was almost like she had a like this you know just it was like she was standing but her head was sleeping and and she would just pull that thing up and then y'all remember there there comes a day where your kids they they get past pulling up and then it's like they get this little gleam in their eye like 
I'm gonna do it. And then they'll, they'll let go and they'll hover for like, and then they'll fall back down, right? So they keep going. You remember this? They keep going and pulling themselves up and they're, and they're falling down and pulling up and falling down. But then eventually they get it. But then there comes this day, I got a video of Felicity doing this. There comes this day where for the first time they look at you and they're going, I'm gonna do it. And so they look down at their feet and then they look at you, look down at their feet, look at you, back to the feet. And then there came this moment where Felicity just went. And then one more. And then she fell, you know, big old head. Now listen, when she took her first steps, do you know what I did not do and fell? Do you know what I didn't do? I didn't say, idiot. One step, calm down, Usain Bolt. You know, it's like, I, I, that's not what I said, man. No, no, me and Jana, we got it on video. When she just took this one little shuffle, watch, because she's my daughter and I'm her dad. When she did that, Jana and I just started screaming. She's doing it! She's doing it! Now listen, you are a son or a daughter of the living God and you've been adopted by your heavenly father. Some of you for the first time this year, what you're doing, for the first time this year, you, you like read your Bible two times this week for the first time in your whole life. Do you know what God didn't do? He didn't go, idiot, loser. Two out of seven? No, no, he's your father. What he did is he went, she's doing it. He's doing it. Some of you for the first time in your entire lives, you're at church three weeks in a row for the first time in your whole life. God's going, he's doing it. They're doing it. My daughter is my son. Some of you, when you come into the prayer meeting this Wednesday, you're gonna be walking in under the weight of sin and shame, failure and guilt. You're walking in needing healing, needing restoration, needing fresh power. And you're bringing all that into the room. Do you know what God's doing? He's not going, are you crazy? He's going, they're doing it. Come on, and your heavenly father is gonna be more eager to receive you than you are to be received. He's gonna be so eager to pour out mercy and grace on you in time of need. He's gonna look down, you're Peter. You're walking back into the room after failure. The more you failed, the more you need to be here. And he's gonna, he will see your prayer and that will be the reason that he will pour out fresh power on your life. So I'm just saying it, here it is. Whole sermon leads to this. Lake Point Church, before we step foot into 2024, let's win the war in the spiritual before we wage it in the physical. This Wednesday, everybody in our church gathers for our prayer and worship night this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Like, I'm just gonna tell you, like, we're just gonna ask God to do the stuff he doesn't ask. We're gonna ask for him to heal, to save, to restore, to redeem. We're gonna ask for prodigal children to come home. We're gonna ask for marriages to be restored. Our elders are gonna be here doing James 5, anointing people with oil, praying for healing in the name of the Lord. Listen, I am not a faith healer, but I am a Bible believer and the Bible says to do that. And so we're gonna do it. We're gonna do all the things. And I'm asking us as a church to gather as one man, like the Bible says, to assault the throne of heaven for a fresh outpouring of grace and power. Will y'all do that with me? Let's do it, man, let's go. Come on, man, let's go. So here, let's, uh, right now, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray for the prayer meeting. And so Heavenly Father, we are here, your kids, we need fresh power from on high. And so God, would you pour out your spirit in a new and fresh way? God, I, I pray that even in the next three days that our people would be waking up 
with, with a newfound hunger, a new thirst for a, a, a genuine encounter with a living God that changes them forever. God, I, I pray that all of the things that we're like, God, I'm in this mess and I, I, I totally can't fix it. I pray that we would begin to turn our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and that a fresh faith would start to arise in our hearts and we would begin to believe with conviction that God can, that he is willing and that he is able and that we would pray with the fervor of people who believe. So God, pour out your spirit. We want more. We wanna see revival in our church, in our city, in our nation. I pray for all these things that we would see with our living eyes. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Lake